Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. We're in it. Episode seven. Finally together. Yeah. First episode in person. It's much easier to do in person. It is. But we're a few states apart, so we do what we can. So one month into the new year, do you do any resolutions at all or not really? I mean, I don't know. I We've talked about this before. I feel like with any resolution, you should just start immediately. Yeah. Why wait till January 1st? Yeah, it's just like a... it's. Just a point, like a relative point in time, you know? Right. Like there's nothing special about it. I feel like most of my changes have just happened like randomly throughout the year. It's never, right. I don't like set a point like, okay, today I'm going to start eating better. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. You want to make the change sleep, now, you know? It. You want to eat better, do it now. You want to exercise more, do it today. I mean, people like the idea of like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Why don't you make your fresh start tomorrow? Right. Why does it have to be January one? Yeah, no, I agree for I, sure. I mean, I know there is like a psychological aspect of it, but like if I, if I want to change something, I typically just try yeah. to do it immediately. I mean, it, it works for some people. And if it like truly does work for you go for it, like there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. Right. I think most people just see it as an excuse to delay starting something mm-hmm. or yeah. Yeah. Like over the holidays, people, just eat like trash. I mean, I typically slack a little bit during yeah, the yeah, holidays and, you know, you spend time, you're spending time with family and you're out with friends and everything. And, but people, I think use it as an excuse. So oh, well, I'm going to start January 1st. So I'm going to just trash my body. Right. So just no, start, I mean, start whenever, you know, start, start now, start today. Like that's yeah. the best time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of new year's resolutions, I haven't been able to work out as much as I wanted though. Cause of my, uh, my ankle. Oh, yeah, you twisted it pretty I nasty, didn't you? Yeah, so... <laughs> Want to share the story? Yeah, so Aaron and I, back in the day, used to do parkour. I'm sure you've all seen videos of it. We'll have to, one of these days, release some of our old parkour videos. And we, we were, like, halfway decent, too, because we did we did diving, so we were kind of acrobatic and mm-hmm. had spatial awareness. And I thought I still had those skills. I hadn't done done it, like, practiced it in probably, like, eight years Um, but I wanted to do a wall spin. My wife had never seen me do it. I was with some friends and they never seen me do it. And we were coming out of this restaurant and there's a nice brick wall. So wall spin is when you are basically running towards a wall and then you jump up with your hands and basically flip your feet around. Right. It's, it's kind of like a side flip against the wall, using your hands to flip your feet around your body. And I feel like I could still do it. Like I had done this a ton of times, like back in the day and I, I mean, I'm still in shape. I could see myself doing it. I could visualize it. I could, I could feel it. And I thought muscle memory would have my back. Um, but I did one and I basically fell on my face. I, I didn't get all the way around. My wife warned me not to do it again. She could just see that I was going to hurt myself. And she was right. I tried to do it a second time, did the same thing, fell short and somehow landed on my ankle weird. I, I like hyperextended it and I felt a pop and just immediately pain in, in both sides of my ankle. Now I'd rolled my ankle a ton of times um, in the past, just running around, um, you know, where I rolled it inward. But this time I like, I, I feel like I hyperextended it backwards and it pulled something on both sides of my ankle. And so it's, it swelled up pretty bad. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't put weight on it for, I couldn't put my full weight on it for probably two weeks. And now I'm, now I'm like probably three weeks in and I can, 
start to walk on start it. Start to walk on yeah. it. Do some light squats. And you went, you, did you get an x-ray? Yeah, I got an x-ray like a week later because it was still really bothering me. And then it started to bruise up like a week later. Got an x-ray. He said, surprisingly, it's not broken. Um, and when I first told him what I did, he's like, so what were you doing? I'm like, well, I was trying to do a flip on the ground. And, and he's like, how old are you? <laughs> like yeah fair fair point but um so yeah he said he said it wasn't broken thankfully but he just said it's a really bad sprain which supposedly can take actually longer to heal than yeah a broken ankle and he was he was trying so hard to prescribe me some painkillers but but i mean i got through it without without any NSAIDs without any big painkillers i used uh, turmeric and boswellia with your two natural anti-inflammatories uh, and that worked pretty well. I mean, it still hurt, but I was able to push through without getting prescribed anything. Yeah, that's really good to be able to not use anything at all. Yeah, and then I iced it and I elevated it and yeah. rested it, wrapped it as much as I could. Um, but yeah, I got through it and I'm still getting through it. I just, I'm going to have to start healing it. Yeah. Are you able to work out like at all now or do you yeah, basically? Yeah, a little bit. I just need to be careful because if I like twisted or put weight on left or the left or right side of my foot yeah I, it feels a little wobbly mm-hmm. so i just need to be secure and and have it tightened i think our last episode we started out talking about your injuries too yeah i know <laughs> With your, your elbow or something dude yeah yeah i hurt my arm and my shoulder like yeah. i feel like the past month i've just been just injured yeah and, and it's not even like doing cool things it's like dumb stuff stupid stuff like falling on my ice skates oh man all right well transitions nicely into our topic which is NSAIDs yeah non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs which is for injuries like that usually you know you're popping ibuprofen for a couple days afterwards yeah it's just it's used so often now especially with you know kids in sports you know people aging at Mm -hmm. kind of an accelerated rate just the chronic like knee neck back pain that people have today i feel like ibuprofen is like one of the most commonly taken drugs out there whether that's prescribed or over the counter yeah and especially in exercise and sports crossfit i mean people people pop NSAIDs like candy oh yeah people who are just trying to kind of get to the next day Mm -hmm. of performance it's just taken, it's overused. And there are other measures, other things that we can be taking, we can be doing to help inflammation rather than taking NSAIDs, which have negative effects with them as well. Right. So to start talking about how NSAIDs work, we first need to look at the biological response of like an injury. When you get injured, so like take your ankle, for example, Mm -hmm. there are chemicals that are sent to that area of injury it's actually like a it's called prostaglandin it's actually like a lipid or a fat that goes to that injury mark and it's sent there by basically enzymes which enzymes are proteins that basically initiate a chemical response Mm -hmm. so there's two enzymes the cox1 and cox2 enzymes which initiate these prostaglandins to go to the injured spot and what they do is that they help the inflammation or they, they cause inflammation, which helps the healing process. It's also going to cause pain, cause pain. And in certain circumstances, it could cause fever. Although these are kind of seen as negative things, they're actually happening to help you heal faster. So mm-hmm. like your ankle, it's getting inflamed because it's trying to you know support it better. 
and help stabilize it so it can heal quicker. Because yeah. without that inflammation, you can move it in any direction and it's not going to heal. So Yeah, I was actually thinking about that as it was swollen. I couldn't move it too right. much to the side, which is good because it would hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. And if I and if I push myself, like if I lean too much on one side, I mean, it was a sharp pain. And but thankfully, like when it was swollen, typically if it's just sitting there. It's not going to. Right. It, so the swelling was useful. It was beneficial. Yes. Now, too much of it is bad. That's why we do take we take NSAIDs to if there's too much inflammation or if it's inflamed for a too long period of time, it can eventually cause damage. Mm-hmm. But it's that's the response that's happening. These enzymes are triggering the prostaglandins to go towards the injured spot. So one thing they do is cause inflammation and pain and fever, which that's the COX2 enzyme that does that. And then there's a COX1 enzyme, which supports blood clotting and it protects the lining of the stomach. So say like a cut, for example, say if you cut your elbow falling down, you want that blood to thicken, you want it to clot so it doesn't just keep bleeding. And that's what the COX1 enzyme does. It will clot the blood for you so you stop bleeding. Now, if you take an NSAID and then you maybe fall after that, your blood's going to be very thin. That's why, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but if you did take an NSAID and then you cut yourself like shortly after, you'll notice that you bleed a lot more because it's not clotting the blood as as efficiently. So that's kind of just how the body responds to injury. Now, how NSAIDs work is that they basically prevent those enzymes, the COX1 and 2, from triggering. So there's different types of NSAIDs that work in different ways. Um, Ibuprofen, for example, is going to inhibit both enzymes, COX1 and 2, meaning it will lower inflammation, reduce pain, which is good in most circumstances, but it's also going to prevent your blood from thickening. So it's going to thin the blood. It's also going to prevent the stomach lining from protecting from acid and stuff like that. There are other NSAIDs such as aspirin, which is only a a COX1 inhibitor, meaning it will prevent blood from clotting and the stomach from protecting itself, but it's not going to prevent inflammation and pain as much as ibuprofen would. And then on the opposite side of that is celecoxib, which is only a COX2 inhibitor. So it will prevent inflammation and pain from occurring, but you're still going to get blood thinning or you're going to get the blood thinning effects will not happen. And this is used specifically for people with arthritis typically, but the general population, most people are taking ibuprofen, which is stopping both the COX1 and COX2 enzyme from triggering. Now, with the amount of ibuprofen taken, it leads to a lot of adverse effects, especially with kind of how often people take it now and the duration that we take it now. So one of them, which we kind of mentioned here, is gastro effects that it has on you with the stomach lining. It has cardiovascular effects. um, And then liver and kidney are two things that it kind of can affect as well. So what research have you found to show the kind of the effects of this that it has on the body? Yeah. Um, I found several studies and I was actually kind of overwhelmed by it um, because a lot of them get pretty complex. 
And like we've said in the past, we are not doctors. We're not medical professionals. We're just trying our best to understand the risks of things that, that we're putting on our body. So did my best to filter through some of these studies and summarize it in a clear and concise manner. I'm not going to get too in-depth here. We can put a link in the show notes to some of these if you really want to dig into it. And another thing worth noting, in a lot of these studies, they factor in uh, acetaminophen, which is technically not an NSAID, but it's a COX2 inhibitor that operates similar to NSAIDs. And that, just a, that's you know, Tylenol, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Tylenol. Okay, so the first thing I'll mention since you talked about it is the gastrointestinal effects. Um, they did a study on this in 2017 and found that 44 to 70% of those who took NSAIDs had increased gut permeability. And what that means is that the intestinal lining is more likely to leak certain foods and toxins, uh, which may also have a, an impact on liver function since your liver is having to filter all that out. They also found that 60 to 70% of people that took NSAIDs encountered uh, gut inflammation. This is very, GI complications are very common in those who take NSAIDs regularly. Um, it's also why they ask you to take food with it. Because if you take it on an empty stomach, that can actually do more damage to the gut. And why they think this happens is because you, you're, you're removing those prostanoids uh, that maintain integrity of gastric tissue and the intestinal barrier. So again, food and toxins are more likely to leak from your gut and enter your body. That's kind of the, one, one of the GI studies I found on NSAIDs. And, and that's probably the most common problem that people are going to face. I mean, even on the back of the label for ibuprofen, kind of looking at the box, it has a specifically a stomach bleeding warning um, saying this product may cause stomach bleeding. Chances are higher if you're older, 60 or older, or if you have stomach ulcers or bleeding problems. If you already take a blood thinning drug, then it's also can, you're more prone to bleeding from the NSAIDs even more. Also, if you had alcohol mixed with it, if you've had three or more alcoholic drinks while using this product, it's you're more prone to stomach bleeding. So yeah. it says specifically on a label, and it's very accurate that taking this in excess, taking it with alcohol, taking it with other drugs, taking it when you're older can cause. Yeah, it can really wreak havoc on your gut. And as, and as um, you may know, a lot of problems that people have, a lot of chronic illnesses begin in the gut. Mm -hmm. So you start messing around with that. Uh, it can be dangerous. Um, I mentioned the liver. They did a study with uh, acetaminophen, again, which is Tylenol for those that took, that um, they gave people 4,000 milligrams of that, which is the daily recommended dosage for, uh, for four days. And they noticed an increase in ALT levels. ALT is alanine aminotransferase, which is basically a way to monitor liver injury. And so when those rise above normal level levels, it's it's an indicator that um, your liver is experiencing some kind of stress. And they found that after taking 4,000 milligrams of Tylenol for four days in a row, um, those ALT levels increased three times the normal levels. And so the study was actually supposed to go for 14 days, and they actually cut it short um, so that it only lasted eight days because they were noticing such a rise. Um, but it, it is worth noting that those, those levels went down after the NSAID was no longer taken. Um, there's another, there was another study that was done similar, but it looked at ibuprofen. Ibuprofen also showed increase in ALT levels, but 
it was still considered to be mild liver toxicity, um, not as sensitive as like Tylenol. Um, you may have also heard of kidney function impact while taking NSAIDs. Um, they did uh, a study and looked at correlation between kidney cancer and NSAID usage, and there was a pretty strong correlation. And correlation does not equal causation. And they basically concluded in that study that further work needs to be done to understand the biological mechanism uh, behind those findings. And the last thing I'll mention is cardiovascular risk. Uh, as you mentioned, like it NSAIDs impact your blood clotting and blood thickness. So this also has a, an impact on blood pressure. And um, some people experience hypertension, which is abnormal blood pressure levels after taking NSAIDs. Also, there was a study that showed a 31% increased risk of cardiac arrest for those who took ibuprofen and Diclofenac, which is another uh, prescription NSAID. So that's just something to be aware of when you're taking NSAIDs. Not everybody is going to be impacted the same way, um, but it's a, it's important to understand your own like biological tendencies and maybe even like your family history. You know, before before taking NSAIDs on a on a regular basis. And most of these studies looked at the chronic usage of NSAIDs. That's when a lot of these problems started coming into play. Yeah, I mean there. Are- Unlike kind of our last episode on elderberry, which had just a few studies here and there, NSAIDs have been significantly studied over the past, you know, multiple years. And there's a lot of data on it. You could study hours and hours and hours looking at these studies and you'll barely scratch the surface of it. But yeah, that's what, that's what we did. I feel like I, I mean, I spent hours looking at some of these right. and I, I could have spent hours and hours. Yes. I probably could have spent weeks on this stuff because there's just so much, so much involved in it. And it's it's studied because it's so often consumed. It's one of the most prescribed and over-the-counter drugs out there. So many people are taking it. Now, like we said, the labels do show that the dangers of taking this in excess. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's often by us overlooked. It's such a common household drug. And it's such a, you know, you just pop three pills and your knee's feeling better, your back's feeling better. So it's it's easy to overlook the dangers of them. Right. I think I, I found this other study that showed NSAID prescriptions uh, were responsible for about like five to 10 percent of all prescriptions in a year. And that, so that doesn't even include like what people bought over the counter. And I mean, people buy NSAIDs, all, people buy Motrin all the time. Right. And so so it's a lot. It's one of the I mean, one of the most highly prescribed types of medications. So with your experience um, taking these, have you have you seen any of these effects with stomach issues or anything like that? Like, have you I know you don't yeah. take them as much now, but when you did. Yeah. So the thing that comes to mind when I think about my NSAID usage is when I was training for a half marathon. So I had like knee problems and I was in the middle of busy season, so I didn't have time to get warmed up adequately. I mean, I should have I should have taken the time to do it, but. I said, you know what? I just want to start running. And when I did that, my knees would hurt, especially like on the seven plus mile runs that I was doing. So I would pop four or five before every run. Like, so that was typically between 800 and 1200 milligrams. And typically it was on an empty stomach because I didn't want to eat before I ran. So I didn't even take it how you're supposed to. Right. But I noticed after my runs, just significant stomach issues, like I was cramping. I was literally like hurled over on the floor, you know, like 
curled up just in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of accepted it. I said, I'm just gonna, you know, these are the consequences. I'll just do this. It helped the knee pain, but it helped the knee pain, but it just wrecked your stomach. Yeah. And then that's actually, and then after the race, that's actually kind of what got me off the NSAIDs because it was giving me stomach problems. Again, I didn't take it like I was supposed to. And I took it all at once, like basically a daily dose all at once. So what about you? I used to, when I first started CrossFit a couple of years ago, now we did an episode on CrossFit talking about kind of how you should approach it. And I probably didn't approach it completely correctly. There were movements I was doing probably heavier than I should have. I didn't give myself time to build up appropriately, which resulted in aches and pains, which if you have all been in the CrossFit community, there's kind of a a running joke that people are always in pain or people are always taking NSAIDs. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that that's sort of true because a lot of people are in pain. Um, It's because they are approaching incorrectly and they're also taking an incorrect approach to recovering. So rather than trying to find the root of the problem, they're just taking NSAIDs, which is kind of what I did for the first few years. I'd specifically get knee pains Mm -hmm. after really any type of workout. I have knee pain. I'd take probably three times a week. I would take three to four, a dose of three to four ibuprofen and it helped the pain. It went away for a day or two until it came back with a new workout. So after realizing, you know, this isn't fixing the problem, it's just masking it. I started utilizing foam rolling and stretching out. I did foam rolling before and after the workout and then stretched after the workout. And even like Epsom salt baths were very helpful. So I realized that the the pain in the knee stemmed from tightness in the quad, the hamstring, the IT band, all that was super tight, just causing all this tension in the knee. So rolling those muscles out before and after I mean, the the pain was gone, which it's like really a simple fix. It takes time to do that. But that I stopped taking the NSAIDs completely due to that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, I mean, people take them because it's a quick fix. Mm -hmm. It's just what they need to get through their workout. It'll mask the pain for a little bit. But really in the long term, that's not going to do you any good because the injury or the The issue is still there. Yeah, the root cause is still there. And you're never actually getting to it if you just keep masking yeah. it. So actually getting down to the problem and understanding what's causing this, taking yeah. the time to fix it is really going to be better for you in the long run. Yeah, it's very common in sports. It's common in you know CrossFit and running. It's huge, having knee and back pains. Like if you have pain doing like any kind of athletic exercise or athletic performance, like something's wrong, don't just mask it. Like look at the underlying issue and fix that. Yeah, it, it hurts because your body's telling you like something something's exactly. wrong here. Um, that actually reminds me of a study that I did come across that I hadn't mentioned yet, looking at muscle repair and the usage of NSAIDs. Now, this wasn't a mouse study, but in terms of muscle repair, our, our, our bodies kind of act in a similar way. And they found that the administration of NSAIDs inhibited the production of a prostaglandin, which we talked about, that was crucial for muscle repair. So those prostaglandins stimulate stem cells, which help with the generation of new muscle tissue. And when the prostaglandin was blocked, less stem cells were produced and the muscle tissue was not as strong as when NSAIDs were not used. So they even looked at like the mice afterwards. And even when the muscle was repaired, the mice that were prescribed, uh, or I don't know if the mice were prescribed, (laughs) they didn't have an option with it, but the, the mice that were using NSAIDs had weaker muscles, um, than those that 
did not use NSAIDs. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so you actually, you, even though the pain's going away, uh, you, you may actually be delaying the repair of the injury. Right. But there, but I mean, like there's, there are other ways that you, and look, every injury is different. Some people are having chronic pain, like with arthritis, or as you get elderly, you, you encounter different problems. So it's not always as simple as rest it, heal the muscle, no, stretch, and, and, and yeah. the pain's gone. You don't need to take an NSAID. Every, everybody's encountering something different. So, but there are some natural alternatives um, that you can use. So like what I did with my sprained ankle, I took turmeric. I took about 1,500 milligrams uh, three times per day, which is a lot. And then I took Boswellia, about 100 milligrams three times per day. Um, and that seemed to, to get the job done. Um, it was it made it where the pain was bearable. It, it wasn't gone completely, but it didn't like really disrupt my sleep or anything. And right. I was able to get by without using an NSAID. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's impressive to like sprain your ankle and not use any. Yeah. So. Um, well, yeah, I wanted to provide some just like general recommendations on people who are prescribed versus people who aren't, who are taking this over the counter. So usually if you're prescribed an NSAID, it's for either a chronic condition or a severe acute injury. So a chronic condition that's commonly prescribed NSAIDs is arthritis. So we don't want to provide any, you know, we're not giving, telling you to take, stop taking NSAIDs to get off it if you've been prescribed it by your physician. We just want people to kind of be aware of the dosages and be aware of the side effects. So, Especially if you're taking it over the counter, you're just taking it yeah. not under a doctor's supervision. Right. So there are, there are alternatives out there. So if you are doing this for arthritis, for example, um, one great alternative is cryo. So cryotherapy is something I did for a period of time. And there was a lady who was there doing cryo and she went like twice a day and she was able to get all, off all medication for arthritis and wow. just simply by doing cryotherapy. Now it's expensive. It's time yeah. consuming, but that's a natural way you can, you know, live with it without taking NSAIDs that disrupt other functions in your body. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's what makes this hard or any lifestyle change that is more beneficial for your long term mm -hmm. typically more expensive at least right now hopefully that changes eventually but it's more expensive and it takes more time longer. consuming it yeah more time. it's more time consuming like doing an ice bath right um and it's day. not it's always not pleasant it's either. not yeah it's not pleasant like it's easy to just buy a three dollar little bottle of ibuprofen pop that you know and, and the pain's gone for the time being um versus like taking an ice bath or doing right. cryo or changing your diet, like yeah, anti-inflammatory diet. diets, a, yes. can can help. I mean, with acute injuries, it's probably going to be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to change it immediately, but it can maybe help reduce some of the inflammation, like mm -hmm. avoiding sugar and dairy and right. breads and things like that. But yeah, so if you're yeah either being prescribed chronically, you know, try different methods like cryo, diet, exercise, sleep. See if that. See if you can kind of wean off your dosage. Maybe you'll be able to eliminate it completely. Maybe not, but there are alternatives you can try to prevent you from taking drugs every single day. Um, if you're prescribed it for an acute injury, like we said, there's not much you can do. Like if you have a gash in your head and they're going to give you NSAIDs for the pain, like you probably need it at first, mm -hmm. but just the long term, taking it more than four days is where the danger kicks in. So try alternative measures, try icing, mm -hmm. try 
um, turmeric and Boswellia, yeah. CBD, um, for like joint health, collagen, which you can get in bone broth or just take it in a supplement form. But I mean, we could probably do an episode on each of these and I'm sure we probably will at right. some point. Um, I, I mean, a couple other things like reducing stress. Yeah. That's stress is, is an uh, inflammation. It's a stress, it's a stressor on the body. Um, and sleep. Yeah. I mean, increasing your sleep is like one of the best things you can do for your body. Yes. Uh, when you get into that deep sleep, that's when your body goes and repairs itself and it repairs the muscles and the tissue. So, so, you know, try that, try to get as much sleep as you can there. Don't undervalue the, I, mean, I feel like we say that up every episode, mm-hmm. but it's true. Like sleep is super important. Yeah. It, it helps so many different functions of the body and healing is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so for people who aren't prescribed and said, just take it over the counter, which is a majority of the people taking it over the counter. We've, we've talked about this with athletes that are often taking it though. There's going to be maybe like an injury that starts out as an acute injury. So maybe some knee pain, it's just an acute pain. It's nothing you're going to live with for six months, but because you don't, get to the source of it it turns into a chronic condition so there's people who whether you're an athlete or not just are living with back pain their whole life or living with knee pain their whole life whether that's from age or from you know athletic performance Mm -hmm. people have these pains and they just take pills to cover up they're not looking at the source so if you're an athlete you know spend 15 minutes before warming up spend 15 20 minutes after rolling that that pain area out by stretching there's so many things you can do from a recovery standpoint that will prevent these and will heal the ones that you do currently have yeah yeah definitely for exercise and and muscle injury um, i think i think that's a a great approach um yeah i think that's i mean i think that's all that i can think of like take i mean take with caution we're not saying that if you take one of these like aaron said one day that you're going to have liver failure. There are some people that are allergic to NSAIDs, but I think you'll find out pretty quickly if you are allergic to it. Um, but, but if you're not, you know, don't, don't just take it every little ache and pain. I, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly like in college when I was diving, if there's just one little pain I had, even if it was manageable, right. I would just take some ibuprofen just to get rid of it. Yeah. But. I like with headaches. So whenever I get a headache, which I never got them like super often, like maybe once a month, I would just, you know, headache. Okay. Go pop three to four mm-hmm. ibuprofen. But now it's like, okay, usually it's cause I'm having drinking water in a long time, or I've just been staring at a screen for like three hours or I haven't eaten like, you know, get up, yeah. go for a walk, eat some good food, drink some water, and like it'll pass like don't just use that as like don't the first sign of pain don't just pop something like try mm-hmm. alternative measures first if it's still there then yeah may, yeah may, i mean maybe you need to but like we said a lot of these studies problems come in when it's taken every day mm-hmm. so if you can avoid that i think you're going to be okay all right well i think that is yeah, a i mean i think that wraps it up i mean this was we tried to give a very high level overview i mean like I said, there were so many studies out there and we could do a full episode on any one of these studies and, and the mechanics of what's happening in the body. But hopefully that gives everybody a good overview of how this can impact the body and kind of the negative side of NSAIDs. Um, we'll, we'll put some links in the show notes to some of these studies. Um, but hope you all found it informative. Stay healthy.